applause. None needed. We were going to get there eventually. We're here. What the hell's going on with this guy? <laughs> Now, I don't know if he's, if he's just a bit of a dick or if it's just like a, like a Dallas Cowboys thing. Yeah, that could be taken a bunch of different ways. That's just... <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome in to another brand new episode of the Fantasy Football Champs podcast. This is your host, Mark, along here with my brother, AJ. What's up, everybody? Hope you guys are ready for a smoking hot episode tonight. Tonight, I mean, if you guys are driving the car while you're listening to this, we recommend you pull over to the side of the road. You're not going to be able to drive with the fire that's about to come through your car speakers. If you're at school... Turn the volume down. Probably save the podcast for when you get home. If you're at work, make sure you go and you go in the back room somewhere where you can't be you can't be seen. We're about to make some flaming hot bold predictions. How do you feel about the bold predictions you have lined up? You feel good about them? I just hope you have a fire extinguisher ready. <laughs> um, yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully we don't have the uh, the fire department come down now instead of the police because it's going to be like a flamethrower right now. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Okay, so before we get into the the stuff at the top of the show, I just want to let you guys know about a awesome giveaway that we're doing right now. How many of you guys out there? All you podcast listeners who listen to a ton of fantasy football podcasts, you hear about these pro leagues and all these celebrities and big-time analysts do. Well, we, since we teamed up with the Sleeper Wide Network, we are giving away one free slot to the OM Tournament League this year. And it's your chance to go head-to-head against some of the top fantasy experts in the business, including ourselves. So if you want a chance to try to come and take us down, by all means, feel free. But what you have to do to enter is you have to follow us on Twitter at champs underscore podcast. You have to follow the Instagram at fantasy underscore champs. And most importantly, you need to leave a five-star review on iTunes or Apple podcast. If you're not subscribed by now, you have to subscribe to the podcast. So AJ, what do you think? Are we, uh, are we going to, uh, be defeated in this pro-am league do you think is it gonna be able to take us down you know what all i'm gonna say is after some of these hot takes i think we might you know bump up the confidence a little bit they might think we're crazy but let's bring it bring it on yeah we there might be a lot of uh, a lot of 
submissions to try to get into the league after these hot takes. But <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna get wild and crazy. But it's Friday night, so I mean, tonight's the night to do it. We're starting off the weekend right. <laughs> yeah, you can say that. All right, so make sure if you guys want a free invitation to the Pro Am Sleeper Wide. Make sure you guys do those things. In the show notes at the bottom, I put uh, I put links to the Twitter and the Instagram, so you can go ahead and follow those, and then just remember to do the five star review. And once we hit fifty five star reviews on iTunes, we will randomly pick one lucky winner out of the first fifty five star reviews, and we'll get in contact with you, and you will get your free entry to a pro am league. How awesome is that? Show everybody what you can do. Let's do it. Who's the best guy out there? Who's the best listener we got? I want to see it. Yeah, this is the time to do it because it's not just us you guys are going to be going against. There's tons of other fantasy professionals that are uh, going to be partaking in this pro-am. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Okay. So, that nice little fucking quiet spot. <laughs> I got nothing else to say. Speechless because because my brain is kind of fried from the hot takes that I wrote down today. <laughs> I, I haven't I haven't been able to fully recover. I almost had to take the day off of work. Like my eyes were burning, and I, I wanted to call my boss and just be like, "I can't make it today." Like, oh my god! Did, like, did you listen to the pod? You better be bringing some serious heat. This is a lot of talking you're doing right now. Serious heat. I want some scorching takes from you. You, you're going to be, your jaw is going to be on the floor by the time I get to my second hot take. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, can't wait. Let's, 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 let's get into the next segment here. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a ton of fun. So next we're going to go over, we have some breaking news that happened today. And we had to get to this because it's very important. It's Tyreek Hill. Now, AJ, I know we talked about this a little bit earlier and we both agreed this has to be on the podcast right at the top because apparently Tyreek Hill is no longer under investigation no more investigation for Tyreek Hill he still has to deal with the court system for child services so there will most likely there will be a suspension still but I mean the, the investigation is closed and it's been closed for quite a while according to uh, his lawyer I guess yeah, it's uh, it's funny. I was on I was on Reddit earlier, and there was a a post up there, and it was absolutely hilarious. Like I couldn't help but laugh when I read it. Somebody put up a thing. It was just a picture of Tyreek Hill with like his helmet off, and it was captioned like uh like the, uh like the court system doesn't worry too much that Tyreek Hill broke his three year old's arm, but if you're caught smoking weed, you'll be like kicked out of the league or something like that. And it's just crazy the perspective because I mean. You have the Kareem Hunt stuff going on. But, uh, he got disciplined really hard from the team. I mean, he got straight up cut and then suspended for like eight weeks. But Tyree Hill, like he, it's shocking to me. Like if he doesn't get more than what Kareem Hunt got, I'll be shocked. And Kareem Hunt got hammered. So Tyree Hill, like he's now, it seems like he's gonna see the field this year, but it's so cloudy. Like he's, no, without a doubt, without a shadow of a doubt, he's gonna get suspended. It it has it has to be at least the same duration as Hunt's. It should be worse. Like he really shouldn't play this year. I'm shocked that he's gonna be in training camp in a couple months. 
uh, I don't know anymore in this league. I don't know if anything will shock me. I mean, he's going to be there for training camp, most likely, at the end of July. Uh, I mean, you know he's going to get suspended, but will they give him eight games? Like, think about all – like, there's been so many issues in the NFL the past few years. I mean, going back to, like, Ray Rice and Peterson. So, nobody – I mean, you don't really know how long these guys are going to be suspended for, but he's definitely getting suspended. But, I mean, if he's going to suit up at all this year, you kind of have to draft him. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, you can't. It's it's way way too early right now to decide on like when you should draft him. Like right now, if you if you were drafting today for some odd reason, I feel like he he's almost too hot to touch. You kind of can't because we don't know what's going to happen this year yet. I mean, we'll get more clarity in a month or two, I'm sure. But right now, like just plan for him to suit up, but don't plan to invest a high pick because I think that that would be a gigantic mistake. Yeah, I agree. You definitely can't draft him high. If you were drafting today for some odd reason, like Mark was just saying, I mean, maybe like a last round flyer or something like that. But, I mean, you have to consider him because if he does suit up, he's one of the most dynamic players in the league. Yeah, I agree. All right, so let's go over to the mailbag. We got a few questions we're going to get to. We're going to fly right through these because we're going to try to keep this episode to around an hour, which we have yet to be able to do. So, Without further ado, we have a question come in from MB09, and he asks, can you touch on the Jordan Howard, Miles Miles Sanders situation in Philly, and can I get some carry predictions? So I'll let you take this one first. What do you think is going to go on in Philly this year? Well, if you listen to our top 10 running backs, you know, we kind of touched on some of these guys, but uh, I am personally staying away from Philly's backfield. I think it's too crowded. You still got Ajayi over there. You got Clement, Howard, Sanders. It's it's so crowded. I, I mean, I wouldn't even – I'm staying clear of that backfield. I can't even begin to tell you who's going to get what carries. It's it's a mess over there. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely really crowded. If, if I had to guess, if I had to give you my opinion on the situation, I'd assume that Jordan Howard is going to come out and be the day one starter. And I think he'll probably get – I think to start the year, he'll get a decent amount of carries. I think he'll get like 16, 17 carries a game. But as the weeks go on, I can see his workload lightning and Sanders starting to pick up. But I think by the end of the year, I don't think either of these guys are going to be even RB2s. They could possibly be flexes if one can get a little more uh, work than the other. But I think it's going to be so murky and so hard to tell. If you draft in – if you draft him for like a late flyer kind of guy, I could see the argument on why you'd go with either of them. I mean, Sanders, you got the youth and he doesn't have any miles on him, not professionally anyway. So Sanders might be a little more appealing, but it could be, I mean, they went out and traded for Howard. Howard's a veteran. He's a good running back. He just, he isn't the best catching the ball. So I think Howard will get the first crack, but I think Sanders will eventually start to chip in and make it so, both of them are kind of useless. They're, they're good stashes, but I don't see them being that vital this year. If I had to get straight to the point, I think I would say neither of them will be an RB2 this year. And if I had to flex one of them, I would feel more comfortable flexing out Jordan Howard. Yeah, because Howard will, from day one, he'll have the touchdown upside at least. He's a more polished running back than everybody they do have on the roster. So he has that going for him. Plus, 
I mean, he he's no, he's a great, he's a good young running back. He's still young, so I mean, I would go with Howard over Sanders. All right, so question number two comes in from. I'm sorry if I butchered your last name. It's coming in from Matt Paleester. Paleester. He asks, "Who's the bigger first round risk, Le'Veon Bell or Todd Gurley?" And again, I will kick it over to you. That is a very difficult question. Gurley has the injuries. Bell sat out all last season. They're both kind of risky, um, but, I mean, at this point in time, you're just hoping that Gurley has enough downtime to get healthy. If Gurley's healthy, that was a bigger risk, obviously. But um, it's early. It's still early to tell right now, but uh, I would probably say uh, probably say Gurley's a little bit riskier just because he's hurt. Bell doesn't seem to be hurt right now. He's working out a lot, so I'm going to go Gurley's a slight bit more risky at this point in time. Yeah, no, I'm I'm going all in. I think Gurley is a way bigger risk. All the news that has been coming out about the Capitano and how they want to lighten his workload. They don't want to make him a workhorse. They're thinking about taking him off of third downs. I mean, it could just be all coach talk right now. I mean, everything that coaching staffs come out with right now, you kind of have to take with a grain of salt because it's so early, and I'm sure they don't want to show their hands already. But, well – I guess if you want to get technical right now, Gurley's not even going in the first round. So if you could get Gurley on draft day in the second, I feel like you have to do it. Because, I mean, if if he even gets 80% or even 70% of the workload that he got last year, which you can argue, I mean, that's lightening his load by a lot. If you take like 30% off of what he did, he's still going to be a top five running back because he's just that damn good. So... Me, personally, I want him to fall into the second or maybe even the start of the third round. That would be absolutely fantastic. But today, the bigger risk, I, I have to go Gurley because all the news has been so negative. And I think I actually – I like Bell this year. I like Bell quite a bit. And as other reports have been coming out of New York, it makes me like him even more. I want me to move him up a little more, even if you think that's crazy. Because uh, I saw his interview with uh, – with a reporter talking about the coaching staff and they addressed the issue where the coach came out and said that they didn't really want want to sign him to that contract. But Bell came out and he, he kind of uh, he kind of clarified and he came out and was like, uh, we talked about it. We're both here to do our jobs. I don't have a bad relationship with him. So Bell seems like I can't believe I'm going to say this, but he seems like he's that he's he's answering the questions all the right way. And he seems really mature about the whole situation. So I actually like bell in the first round. I don't think Gurley is going to be there on draft day. Gurley is definitely the bigger risk in my opinion. Yeah. And just to touch on something else too, it's like, like we were just saying in LA, they're talking about lightening Gurley's workload and in New York, that's not happening. Bell is the bell cow. He's going to, they're going to run him to the ground. So, I mean, just on work volume alone, you got one team saying they're going to lighten it and Bell's the guy. So I, I agree. Gurley's a more risky guy. Okay. So our third question comes in Oh, see, this is nice. A nice, easy name. This comes in from John Solo. Like, yeah, that's, that's perfect. That's nice. Now, John Solo is asking about John Ross and AJ, if you don't mind, I'm going to take this one first because I feel like we're going to have very different, uh, we're going to have very different opinions. He says, John Ross, injury-prone, NFL bust, or future breakout. Now, 
I, if I had to pick between the three, John Ross, in my opinion, is an NFL bust. And let me tell you why. He's had a few years now to try to get it together, and he hasn't been able to perform pretty much at all. He's been a gigantic disappointment. He's very fast. He's an absolute burner. I'm not taking that away from him. He's one of the fastest receivers in the NFL. But he hasn't been able to put it together, like, at all. And now with the emergence of Tyler Boyd coming up as wide receiver two, which is going to knock uh, knock Ross down to the three, and with the emergence of Joe Mixon and Joe Mixon's ability to catch the ball out of the backfield, I, I don't see Ross getting a lot of burn this season again. And then you add in, he does have – he is injury prone. He He's banged up a lot. So I just think the way that his career is going, his trajectory is going – I mean, it's arrow pointing down, in my opinion. I think we're, we're not going to see the John Ross breakout that a lot of people thought we were going to see. I, I don't see it coming. Now, I feel like you might differ. So what do you think? Surprisingly enough, I actually agree with you. Wow. When, when, yep, when John Ross was a rookie, yeah, everybody was excited about his 40 time. But if you think back, like, there's not too many – like, these guys are getting drafted just because they're fast. They're not polished receivers. They're not polished route runners. Like, look at – I mean, it's happened It's happened in the past. So, the Bengals drafted this guy because he had the fastest 40 time ever. But really, what does that get you? If you can't catch the ball, if you can't stay on the field, I mean, you're not going to make it in the league. I actually think John Ross, he may not even make the roster. I think somebody wow. will pick him up. I think he'll he may get cut. He may be on the bubble. I mean, I don't see how he can't be on the bubble, really. I mean, what has he done? Plus, like you're saying, Tyler Boyd is a beast. AJ Green is a beast. Joe Mixon is a beast. They still got Geo back there. He's gonna catch some balls out of the backfield. So I think John Ross is a candidate to get cut during training camp. And some other team will probably sign him and have him do kick returns or something like that. But I don't think he's gonna be a good receiver in the NFL. Yeah, I, th- I think actually the only way you could see a resurgence of him, I don't think it's going to be on the Bengals. I think he'd have to go to somewhere like Buffalo or something and just kind of have a fresh start. I think uh, it's not going to happen in Cincinnati. I think that the coaching staff kind of lost faith in him. Now, it is a new coaching staff, granted, so maybe the new offensive coordinator will try to utilize him a little more, but there hasn't been any signs of that yet that I've seen. So I think he, uh, I think he's just going to be the bust. He, if he gets put in the right system, I think he could make an impact. Like, look what uh, look at Cordero Patterson in New England. He, the guy was in – he's been in good offenses, right, but he never really stood out because he's not really a route-running receiver. He's just – he's a burner. He's got size. So he goes to the right situation, and then you start lining him up in the backfield. You have him doing kick returns. You know, if you use these people the right way – that's what makes the difference, in my opinion. So John Ross, he's not really a fit in Cincy. So I think he definitely needs a change of scenery. Okay, so do you have any uh, questions from anybody? We actually have one more question. And let me look at this. It's from Mikey, the transverse legend. And the question is, Calvin Ridley, over or under 8.5 touchdowns this year? Mark, run with that. Uh, first of all, that's a very interesting name. Um, uh, no, I'm going under. I'm I'm going under, and I feel really good about the under because eight. You're setting the bar at eight and a half. That means 
he, you're going for nine touchdowns. Now, Julio, at the second half of last year, Julio turned it up in a big way, and his touchdowns were great. I think Devontae Freeman is back and finally healthy after like a two-year injury-prone stint. I think he's back. They get rid of Tevin Coleman, so I think that shows that they have faith in the running game. They're going to run the rock a little more. Uh, Muhammad Sanu is still there. Sanu is always – he's always on the field. He's a really solid receiver. He's also a touchdown threat with his big frame. Calvin Ridley set the world on fire in a couple weeks uh, last season. He had, he had that big three-touchdown game. So he definitely flashed. I'm not ready to say that he's going to repeat that. So if I had to put a touchdown total on him, I could see seven, but I don't see nine. So I'm going to take the under on the eight and a half. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I think I want to say he's going to get under eight and a half, but he is more than capable of getting double digits. So, I mean, really, he has all the potential in the world. It's just a matter of, like, is he going to be consistent or is he just going to have a couple big weeks and, you know, rack up the touchdowns that way? But I am kind of leaning towards the under on that one. All right. So that is going to do it for our mailbag. So now we are going to these flaming hot, bold predictions. I am not ready for this. <laughs> so okay, how you how so, we're, gonna, we're gonna break this down by position, right? Yep, we're gonna go position by position. Uh we did we did two players at each position. I think you got three at the running back, which is totally fine. And, uh, yeah, we're going to run through starting at the top with uh, with quarterback. So I'll let you go first, and let's have some fun. All right, let's do it. All right, so this one is not as hot only because I set some flames on one of our earlier podcasts, okay? But I'm just going to re-say it in case somebody didn't hear me. Patrick Mahomes – will throw for 50 touchdowns once again this upcoming season. Back-to-back, 50 touchdowns. Write it down. I can I can feel the heat coming through the phone right now. <laughs> what do you think? I, uh, I disagree. 50 Tyreke, touchdowns. That Tyreek might come back. He's going to be suspended no matter what. I said he was getting 50 without Tyreek before. Now Tyreek possibly coming back. Are we going up to 60 touchdowns? Oh, Jesus Christ. How many subscribers, I'm gonna, did, we, how many subscribers did we just lose? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop there. I'm going 50. I'm going to keep it at 50. Okay. Funny enough, because my first hot take kind of, uh, kind of goes along with yours in a way, but it's going like the opposite direction. My first hot take, okay, like I said, if you're driving, you might want to pull over. Deshaun Watson is going to be the number one quarterback in fantasy this season. I love it. So, (laughs) a couple things. He's healthy. All of his weapons are healthy. He has a great arm, mobile quarterback. Now, last year he was sacked the most in the NFL, which is embarrassing and not a good look. But they beefed up the offensive line. It's healthy right now. And I can just see him going out and putting together like a Cam Newton rookie year type season 
and just taking the league by storm. So I get to I get Deshaun Watson finishing over your boy over there, Patty Mahomes. Well, I love Deshaun Watson. All right, you know this. I am not putting him over Mahomes, but I definitely think Deshaun could be the number two. And I agree. I think he's going to have a great season. Last season, he was shaky at times, but that's because I, I feel like he was coming off the injury. And if I remember, he kind of came off the injury a little bit earlier than normal for an ACL. So I think he's healthy. It's, it's a mental mental game after you have your ACL tear. Like people are falling around your legs. You're going to get nervous. I think he's going to come back very strong. So that's a hot take, but I'm, I'm on board with it. All right, so what's your uh, what's your second quarterback take? This one, it, it's getting a little warm. It's getting a little warm over here, okay? Baker Mayfield will throw for 40 touchdowns a season. Woo! Oh, boy. That is a take. Here's why, okay? I mean, last year he, he had 27 touchdowns as a rookie, and he didn't start all the games. Right. So, I mean, if you think about it, he's he had a great rookie season. He's a gunslinger. What do you do? You add Odell Beckham Jr. Right. You got Landry back. David Njoku's potential is crazy. Let's see if he hits it. Potential's crazy. You got Nick Chubb. That offense is going to be scary good, I think. All right. But I'm saying Baker gets 44-0 touchdowns this year. Wow, I like that. There's there's a lot of people out there right now that are are probably laughing at that, but I like it. That that'd be fantastic for the Browns. That would be phenomenal for the Browns. And obviously, like I just said, I think Deshaun could be number two. But I mean, if Baker gets forty. Better watch out. All right. So my first take, the Deshaun Watson take, that was like the equivalent of like boiling some water. Okay. Oh boy! This this next take, it's like throwing a whole bucket of lighter fluid onto a flaming fire. <laughs> oh my god! As soon as I say the name, you're gonna giggle. <laughs> okay, go for it. Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> <laughs> Fitz magic. Ryan Fitzmagic will be the week one starter for your Miami Dolphins over Rosen, and he will finish as a top 12 fantasy quarterback this season. That is like skinny dipping in a volcano hot. (laughs) (laughs) So I can see this becoming true. I think Devontae Parker has a nice little bounce back season. He looks great in training camp right now. Uh, their running game is actually going to be good, I assume, this year. Their offensive line is better. They got rid of Gates, who completely sucks. So, and Fitzpatrick, he's he's a freaking gunslinger. He's going to be launching all over the field. And he has some weapons that can go out there and get the ball. So, I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be top 12. And if your phone's exploded, if your battery's lit on fire, I apologize. I can't be held responsible for any damage I might have caused. I'm not really sure what to make of that. But could, could you imagine, right, could you imagine the Dolphins trading for Rosen and then Fitz Magic, Baird and all, coming in, just slaying, <laughs> just slaying teams and getting a top 12? 
Uh, I don't well, know. I mean, I, I, I heard this, those reports. I saw it as late as today saying that uh, Fitzpatrick has been absolutely slaughtering with the first team and making Rosen look like he's still in college. Well, Fitz, Fitzpatrick is a very good quarterback, and it seems like every team he goes to, he makes a great impact, but he fizzles out. So he could start off hot. Like, look what he did. I had Mike Evans on one of my leagues last year. I was hoping and praying for Jameis to not play because when, when Fitzmagic was in there, Evans was balling out. But he fizzles out. He starts – he has games where he has, like, four picks in the first half, and they, they pull him. So, I mean, if he can just keep it together for a season, he could he could be top 12. I, I could see that. I, I love how, how I love how you're back in that scorching hot take right there. That that's a wild one. That is wild. All right, so what do you go? Now we move on to the running back. So who do you got for your first running back take? All right, well, seeing how you know, I talked to Baker. Okay, here's a hot take for you: Nick Chubb will lead the league in rushing yards this season. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Now, he had just just a hair under 1,000 last season, but he really didn't get solid playing time until, like, week seven, I believe. I mean, everybody – I'm sure everybody saw the highlights of this guy last year. He made some enormous runs. He's powerful. He's fast. He's great in the red zone. I think he is going to tear it up this year. And now in Cleveland, you have Beckham. You got Jarvis. Like I was saying, they have all these weapons. You can't stack the box. I think he's going to run wild this season. Leading the league in rushing yards. Mark it down. That's a flaming hot take right there. I like that. I respect that one. That's a good one. Especially for all those Kareem Hunt truthers out there that are like, oh, I'm going to draft Kareem Hunt in like the sixth round because he's going to come take the job. You're just closing the door on that one with that take. Kareem Hunt is going to be a non-factor. All right. Well, not now, all you listeners out there, real quick, I just want to point out, we do not discuss who are on these lists before the show. So we're hearing each other's lists for the first time, which is really important. I had no idea I was about to get blindsided like that. So how the hell am I supposed to follow that up? I think you I got, can, though. You got blindsided by Nick Chubb? You just dropped a Fitz magic on me. If we did talk about these lists before before the show, I would have I would have begged you to leave that one home. <laughs> Gunslinger fits magic. Oh my goodness. I can't wait. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, who's this running back? Let's hear it. Okay, so you you especially I think you're gonna dislike this one because this guy kinda hurts you. I think Leonard Fournette is going to finish as a top five running back in the NFL this year. Uh, man, yeah, if his hamstring doesn't fall off. <laughs> All right, so hear me out. The coaching staff is backing him again. He kind of soured on them last year, but the coaching staff is all in on Fournette. He is an absolute bell cow. He's involved in the passing game. They got a new quarterback. Bortles is finally gone. He has pretty much no competition in the backfield. And this this was interesting to me. The Jacksonville Jaguars offensive line last year, dead last. Absolutely atrocious. But their offensive line, all their linemen, they're back and they're healthy. So just like that, like the snap of your fingers, all of a sudden they have a top five O-line 
And I mean, Fournette, he's he's a monster. He's a red zone guy. If if he play if he's healthy for sixteen games, I think top five is absolutely doable. Well, first off, if they were dead last last year and they're coming back, why wouldn't they just be dead last again this year? Well, no, because the offensive line was last because all of their starters were injured and missed time. It's the Jaguars. I don't know. I think they uh, they peaked when they, they beat New England last year, and then look what happened to them. I love Fournette. All right, I got a love-hate relationship with this guy. He screwed me last year. All right. But, I mean, yeah, absolutely. If he can stay healthy, he's more than capable of being a, a top three back. But it, I, 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 I'm I, not convinced he can stay healthy. Yeah, no, I, I originally had him in there penciled as a top three, but then I was just thinking about who the top three are, and I was like, I, was, I don't know if he'd be able to get over, over those guys, but he'll be right up in there with those guys. And another thing I wanted to bring out on my Fournette point is that the, uh, the Jaguars' defense, I mean, like you said, they peaked against New England. Their defense was playing great. But their defense dropped off a cliff something fierce last year and it led to some awful game scripts i think this year with Foles, i think they're going to be more of a ground and pound let the defense take over and slow it down so i think fournette is going to have like like 20 to 25 touches a game i think they're just going to kind of grind grind out wins over there in jacksonville that's why i have fournette or i have fournette as a top five running back i do like it i do like it i don't necessarily agree my thing about Foles though can he play well outside of Philly? Because we've seen him bounce around a little bit, and it did not work well for him. He goes back to Philly, he gets a Super Bowl. So well, that's yet to be determined. But moving on, I got, a, I got a hot take for you, all right? How about this? There's a new running back in the Baltimore, Maryland area. I think his name is Mark Ingram. I believe Mark Ingram will rush for at least 1,200 yards and score 14 touchdowns. Oh, my goodness. Now, I think the running attack in Baltimore is going to be super dangerous this year. You get Lamar Jackson with a year under his belt. I could see them – I mean, he's a threat to run at all times. I can see them doing some play action, some some read option. It's going to – I think Mark Ingram is going to fit in perfectly because Baltimore is always successful when they pound the rock. Mark Ingram is the perfect back for Baltimore right now. I like it. And, and for what it's worth, I hope that that comes true because Mark Ingram, I feel like he's needed a spot to be a bell cow, and he has an opportunity in Baltimore. I really think he could be that. And if he is the bell cow, I think that he could definitely put up numbers. Now, 1,400, that might be a little ambitious, but I can definitely see 1,200. Okay, okay. So, twelve. I can see 1,200. I thought you said 1,400. No, 1,200 yards, 14 touchdowns. Oh, that's what it was. Ooh, 14 touchdowns? Are the, are, the, are the Ravens even going to score 14 touchdowns as a team this year? No, it looks like Mark Ingram might. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let me, uh, let me take this one for it. Let me take this one. Right, are, you ready? are you ready to have your eyebrows singed off with this hot fire I'm about to send your way? 
I'm starting to sweat. Marlon Mack is going to lead all running backs in rushing touchdowns this season with 17. <laughs> oh, my God. Now, <laughs> it's, oh it's funny. God. It's funny because you came at me hot with an Ingram 14, and I actually had that one in the pocket even higher. 17 touchdowns from Marlon Mack. That is – are we talking just rushing touchdowns or combined rushing receiving? No, it's going to be a rushing receiver. He's going to have 17 total touchdowns. That's a little more realistic, but, I mean, that's still really high for, for a player of his caliber. All right, now now let me give you a couple of reasons why. Now, the kid's a monster. He played great last year. He looks like he's healthy. And when we're talking about rating offensive lines, the Colts offensive line ranks in the top two for this upcoming season. And he's not useless in the passing game. He showed that he does have hands, which is good. And uh, I, I don't see uh, Naeem Hines coming in and taking much work from him. And Marlon Mack had a ton of carries in the red zone. And with a healthy Andrew Luck running that uh, that Colts offense, the the Colts are going to be scoring a ton of touchdowns. They're going to be living on the opponent's side of the field. So Marlon Mack is going to take full advantage of that. He's going to be the bell cow over there. And with Andrew Luck, they're not going to be able to stack the box. And Marlon Mack is going to fucking run wild for 17 touchdowns. That is a scalding hot take. That is that is craziness. I mean, he did show some flashes. So, but I mean, are flashes enough to get 17 touchdowns? I don't know. <laughs> All right, I got I got another take for you, okay? Now, it shouldn't surprise you that I have an opinion about this player I'm about to read you right here, okay? My boy, CMC, Christian McCaffrey, is going to get 1,200 rushing yards and 1,100 receiving yards this year. I'm not even going to say anything. Just do you. <laughs> now, listen, he had just under 1,100 rushing yards last season and just under 900 receiving yards. So, I mean, I, I'm saying his volume's getting ticked up a little bit, but he wasn't even that far off. Like, obviously, the receiving yards, yeah, they do need to come up more. 1,200. I'm saying he's going to have 2,300 yards from scrimmage this year. <laughs> You better hope those are some good steroids he took. <laughs> Listen, I'm liking what I'm seeing from Christian McCaffrey. As you may know, our listeners out there, I have him ranked number one on my top ten running backs list this year. Supreme and, confidence in this man right now. You know what's funny is with the, uh, with the whole prediction show, I could have easily had a Joe Mixon one in there, but I kind of wanted to give the fans a little break from hearing me gush about Mixon. That's why he's not on the list. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I think they appreciate that. All right, so why don't you uh, – why don't we get back on track? Why don't you go first with your uh, your first wide receiver hot take? All right, this one's pretty – this one's pretty warm, okay? Mike Williams is going to have 75 catches – 1,200 yards, and 13 receiving touchdowns. Oh, that's a little more than warm. That's toasty. Now, he had 10 receiving touchdowns very quietly last year. 
And he didn't have that many catches. He is going to be a more focal player of the offense. Tyrell Williams is gone. So now it's Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. His red zone targets are outrageous. He could have 13 touchdowns on 13 red zone targets, honestly. He's just a huge receiver. Phillip Rivers likes throwing to him. That's my take on Mike Williams right there. That that is not bad at all. I like that one a lot. I I could see like, I could see a world where that happens. I mean, Keenan Allen's going to be pissed. Yeah, he probably will be. Okay, so my first wide receiver one. I'm I'm going to hold off on the name, and I'm just going to tell you the points first. Let's hear it. Okay, so this player is going to finish as a top 10 wide receiver. He okay. is now becoming a number one option. Okay. He is known to be a touchdown guy. Okay. There, there isn't much competition at all, in my opinion. He's the clear-cut number one. Mm-hmm. And he's going to get 1,300 yards with 13 touchdowns. Do you know who he is? Hmm. I want to say – I want to say Juju. But I don't good think that's guess. who you're going to go with. No, good guess. It is actually Tyler Lockett. Okay. Tyler Lockett is going to finish in the top 10 with 1,300 yards and 13 touchdowns. There's no more Baldwin. Baldwin's out of town. And they, they just they don't have any other options that look great. I mean DJ Metcalf physically looks great, but I don't I don't think Metcalf is gonna put much of a much of a dent in Lockett's uh statistics. Lockett's gonna be locked and loaded number one. He's gonna get all the targets he can handle. And you know, Russell Wilson doesn't even throw the ball all that much. Uh the Seahawks love the ground and pound game. But Lockett is that it just takes that one big catch to get him that touchdown. And he's proven to be a great deep threat. So Lockett becoming a number one for his team, a clear cut, I think is going to boost his confidence. I think Russell Wilson is going to be looking for him early and often. And I can see 1,313. Yeah, I, uh, I'm a Tyler Lockett guy. I don't know if you remember or not, but I actually drafted him in our league his rookie year. I've been high on him. He had a great year last year. I think some listeners are probably like, oh, you know, Tyler Lockett can probably do that because what he had, he had like 10 touchdowns last year, didn't he? But yep. the reason why I see that as a hot take is because me personally, I don't know if he can be a number one. I think he's he's capable, but I I don't know. He's going to be drawing the, the best defender every, every game now that Baldwin's out. It's going to be interesting. I think he'll have a better season. I think Lockett will have a better season if Metcalf does do something on the other side of the field. You know what I mean? Uh, absolutely. I'm just I'm just not sure on Metcalf yet. Everything I'm hearing is that, like, he looks great, like I said, physically, but he's just really raw. And I guess he really needs some work with, like, his routes and shit. Yep. Yeah, no, I hear that. Well, I got a hot take for you, Okay. Speaking of rookie receivers, uh, the Patriots drafted this guy named Nikhil Harry, right? Maybe you've heard of him. Yep, I've heard I'm gonna of him. Go, I'm going to go on record right now, right, with the hot take, you know, hot take. He's going to have 10 touchdowns his rookie season. Oh, that 
that's up there for one of the fucking hottest takes of the whole deck. Here's why, okay? I know we got Edelman, but Edelman isn't the same type of receiver. Edelman more than likely will help Nikhil get more space on the outside. Demarius Thomas is a question mark as of right now. Josh Gordon, question mark as of right now. So really, I mean, Gronk's retired. All right, so it's Jules, you know, Dorsett, who is a good receiver, and Nikhil Harry. Everything we're hearing out of camp, I know you're hearing the same thing. We're in the New England area. Nikhil Harry is dominating in minicamp right now. Everybody is saying how good he is. Stephon Gilmore is saying he's going to be a great receiver. Stephon Gilmore is potentially probably the best corner overall in the league. He actually got graded the best corner in the league. So for somebody like that to be raving about a rookie so early, you put somebody with that skill level next to Tom Brady and Julian Edelman, big things coming from the kill Harry this year. Now, I, being a Pages fan, I hope so. I watched a uh, an interview. Uh, the press was talking to Edelman about Nikhil Harry, and Edelman was just like kind of speechless and just gush- gushing over like how he's a hard worker, he's putting the work in, and then he kept that mission over and over. He has a great body, which I find to be hilarious because the dude's a beast. That he is. Big things coming his way. I'm I'm telling you. Okay, so. Nikhil Harry's big. I'm about to hit you with bigger. Okay. <laughs> what, a, what, a, what a segue that was, huh? Uh, killed it. Okay, so Julio Jones. This is his year, okay? I've Julio, heard that about seven times. This is the one because I'm predicting it here on the show. Julio okay. Jones. Julio Jones is going to lead all receivers in touchdowns with fifteen. That's hot. That's a hot take, and you wouldn't think it's a hot take because it's Julio Jones. But the guy can't score double-digit touchdowns. Fifteen mm-hmm. is I, a that's that's like two seasons worth of touchdowns for this guy. I know. I mean, Antonio Brown had fifteen last season, and Julio just can't seem to get anywhere close to that. Except this is the year. He finally does. I think something something finally clicked in the second half of last year when he had that great touchdown pace. And I think he comes into this season from game one and he picks up exactly exactly where he left off. He puts it together for 16 weeks and he's putting up 15 touchdowns. And you guys already know he's a yardage monster. His average depth uh, yards per catch is great. He's a big-time deep threat guy. Matt Ryan fucking loves throwing it to Julio. And this is the year I think he puts it together finally, puts together a complete season, and he puts up 15 touchdowns, which is going to lead the NFL and lead wide receivers. I I hope he does, honestly, because if if he ends his career, you know, a few years down the road, and he has, like, these touchdown numbers, it doesn't look good. Like, think back at some of the guys, like, like, at his talent level. Right, like the Randy Mosses and the Calvin Johnsons, and you know the, those guys get touchdowns. That's what you're supposed to do when you're the best receiver in the world. So, let's see if you can do it. All right, so uh, moving on to tight ends. Uh, yeah, go for it. Okay, now this one, 
this one's gonna be interesting. This this one uh this one the temperature gauge might go up a little. All right, well, let's see. I'm getting a little sweaty over here. George Kittle is going to top Travis Kelsey and be the number one tight end of fantasy this year. You love this guy Kittle. Love him. My guy Kittle's in bits. This guy is fucking humongous. (laughs) Kittle's in bits. You better be naming your teams there this year. (laughs) (laughs) No. No, this is going to be a healthy Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo. He's handsome. He can throw. He's a good quarterback. He got, he got, he really got, uh, he really got screwed his first year to finally prove himself in the with the 49ers when he tore his ACL. But did you know that Kittle actually finished? If you were to put Kittle's statistics and targets into the uh, wide receiver pool or bracket, you know that Kittle would have finished, like, seventh among all receivers and targets. That's impressive. The dude had over 150 targets, and that was with absolute bum quarterbacks. Jimmy Garoppolo is a really good quarterback. He's going to prove it this year, too. I mean, we know we know Jimmy G, all right? We've seen him in person. He's a, he, he was on the Patriots. He's a good quarterback. Now, uh, I think Garoppolo is going to rely on Kittle a lot because Kittle's going to be like a Gronk-esque type player. And I know some people are kind of high on like the Dante Pettis or what have you, the, some of the receiving options over there and uh, for the 49ers. I'm not impressed. I'm really not. None of those receiving options really stand out to me. I think Kittle is going to be the clear-cut number one target for Jimmy G, and his touchdowns were very low last year. The dude only had four receiving touchdowns, and he finished that high. You're telling me that Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to get this dude more than four touchdowns? You take that four touchdowns, you can jack that all the way up to eight, and then give him – he had a ton of receiving yards. Give him He can go for 1,209 and finish as the number one tight end over Travis Kelsey. Number one tight end, Kittles and Bits. <laughs> Kittles and Bits, lock it in. That's, that's a hot take right there. Uh, I have a hot take for you. All right. I mean, I didn't say this guy is going to jump over Kelsey. I do feel Kelsey will be the number one tight end if he sits healthy. I think the number two tight end is going to be Hunter Henry. Now that, that's something. That's that's a big one. That's a big claim to make. Think about how many amazing years Antonio Gates had with Philip Rivers. Gates is gone. Hunter Henry steps in. If this kid can stay healthy, he's big, physical, fast, athletic, great hands. If he can stay healthy, he will be the number two tight end to Travis Kelsey. I'm saying at least 10 touchdowns. You know, probably give him 1,100 yards. He is primed for a gigantic year this year. See, I, I mean, I, I could see it, but the problem with that is I feel like he was supposed to be that guy like three years ago. And I know it's not his fault with all the injuries that have came up. I just, I'm not like, I'd agree he's a top five. He might be like the fifth, but saying that he's going to do better than Zach Ertz and George Kittle, uh, I think you're nuts. Yeah, well. My next take might even uh, make me feel crazier. 
All right. Well, uh, let me let me go first. Wouldn't it be something if out of all these takes we had a tie for the last tight end? It might happen. Let's see. What do you got? <sighs> this is gonna feel good. Rob Gronkowski. Oh. Comes back in week nine from his retirement, and he will help bring some lucky owners to a fantasy football championship. You mean the the Rob Gronkowski that's retired, right? The the retired Rob Gronkowski. I think he's going to be sitting on the couch, eating some pizza, drinking some beer, playing some Madden with his brothers, and he's going to be watching the Patriots every Sunday. We know he will be. And then it's just going to hit him, and he's going to be like, I need to get out there with Tommy and Jules. And then I think that he's going to come back. I think he's just going to come in at the end of the year, rested, healthy, and I think he's going to be able to give you three, maybe four weeks of your uh, of your fantasy season. And then I think he stays in real football, real NFL, not fantasy. I think he plays through the playoffs, and that's how the Patriots get their seventh Super Bowl ring. Uh, hashtag hate all you want. I mean – I would love that, but I was also the guy saying that I believe Rob Gronkowski would stay in New England and not retire until Brady retired. I I really thought he was going to stick around, you know, ride it out with Brady, and then they could both retire. When he came out and just retired like that, that quick, I, I don't know. He made me feel like he was really done with it. If he comes back, I'll probably be the happiest person on the planet. But, uh, I don't see it happening. All right, so what you, what's your take? What's your tight end take? All right, so I know I said I believe Travis Kelsey is the number one tight end in the league, and Hunter Henry's coming for the number two spot. You know, your boy Kittles and Bits might be top three, you know, four or five. I just didn't want to step on my own toes and blow up my spot, okay? I have a very hot take coming in here okay this is gonna be crazy okay the number one tight end this season is gonna be none other than jared cook get the fuck out of here no way (laughs) who's he play for i'm 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 not playing this game with you who is he play for i'm not doing it there's no way this guy has so much talent. He is so fast. He's huge. He's a good blocker, good hands. He's just been on shit teams his whole career with no real quarterback. Like, I mean, he's, you know, he's been around some okay talent. But you put somebody with that skill set next to Drew Brees who made Jimmy Graham a superstar, all right? So many weapons. Jared Cook is the numero uno tight end in fantasy football next season. I, I, don't, even, I don't even think Apple is going to let me submit this podcast to them after that. <laughs> I told you I'm bringing the fire. That is one hell of a way to end the, the hot take episode. Oh my god! There's no, there's absolutely no way any of the listeners are disappointed after hearing that. Just dropped a flamethrower on your fucking head. 
I, Jared Cook. Oh, Jared Cook over Travis Kelsey, Zach Ertz, and George Kittle. The high takes a cooking kid. Let's do it. <laughs> so, uh, uh, so you're saying that if Cook, if uh, Jared Cook's number one, if Henry's two, so you're saying Travis Kelsey's going to be third? Well, like I – hold on a second. All right. Like I was saying, I just didn't want to blow up my spot. I, I just made you believe I was I had Kelsey at number one. All right. So he could he's probably going to be two. All right, Henry, you know, three, Kittles and Bits, four, Jared Cook, one. Drew Brees is going to rejuvenate this man. He is going to blow him up. The hot take of the goddamn night, Jared Cook, number one tight end. Mark it down. You know, it's not too late. I could I could go back and just edit that part out if you want to change your last take. That I'd be cool. <laughs> Hearing me say it out loud. It does sound crazy, but I'm sticking with it. Uh, well, I, mean, I mean, what else is there to say after that? I think we should probably just wrap it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's probably a good idea. Thanks for listening. Hopefully, stay till the end to catch the most pleasing take out of everything we said tonight. Yeah, well, I hope these listeners, uh, you know, enjoy the shows we've been putting on. Keep following us. Keep showing support. You guys are the shit. I got to go tend to a small fire in my kitchen, so I'm out. And you're going to see Jared Cook running down the street at 2 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, so that's going to do it for this Hot Take episode. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Make sure you guys are following us on Twitter at, at champs underscore podcast on Instagram at fantasy underscore champs. Again, if you want a free submission or a chance to win a free submission to our sleeper wire pro-am uh, tournament league, make sure you guys leave us a five-star review on Apple podcasts or iTunes and uh, make sure you guys are subscribing to the podcast. I am Mark. That is AJ. You're signing off for the night. You got anything you want to say to the people before we let them go? Uh, thanks for listening. You know, if you think our hot takes are crazy, if you actually agree with some of them, some of them you know, you've got some of your own, you know, comment on our Instagram, come out on our Twitter, get at us. Let's hear it. And please, please, guys, please come after this man for his tight end takes. Please, and it's funny because after you ended it with Jared Cook, now I started it pretty much with Ryan Fitzpatrick, and I feel like you're the crazy one. Yeah, no, I yeah, Jared Cook number one, mark it down. Fitzmagic, Fitzmagic top twelve. You know this is this is why these episodes are fun. All right, it's it's a hot take. I'm not necessarily saying you know go out and draft Jared Cook in the first round. I'm just saying. Watch out for him. (laughs) All right. Well, that's all. We're signing off for the night. Peace out, everybody.